Welcome back to Forgotten Heroes, everybody. My name is Chris. I am joined by my good friend Zach in some rather interesting circumstances because for the first time ever, we are in the exact same room. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said exact, like your name. I know But you I did. decided to like sort of I back could, it off. Listen, I heard it in your voice and I'm like, thank God he stopped because I was going to hit you and then they would have known I was in person with you. Was, they would have heard... <laughs> they would have heard the slap. The slap. <laughs> yeah. Clear as day because it took us a while to get these audio levels. So yeah, Zach and I, we usually do this over um, online, whether it's through Skype or some other sort of program, but it happened to work out that we were getting together and so here we are. We went and saw Eternals and now we're doing a nice little nice little podcast episode. Yes. And once again, we're kind of dating the episode a little bit with Eternals, but... You know, uh, I mean, probably by the time this comes out, the movie still the movie will still be in still theaters, be in theaters. Definitely. But you know, I mean, at this point, and when even though by the time you guys hear this, we could give spoilers because what is it? The internet does not wait, which sucks for me, but that's okay. But at least a lot of times people put up spoilers, yeah, like spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. Don't continue if unless you want to see it. But um, yeah. But it was, it was. I think what did we say? We said it was great. For what it was, if you know what you're getting into when you walk in, I think what it was, mm-hmm. it you and I was saying that there was a lot more dialogue than probably the last, than like any other Marvel movie. So, yeah. which I understand, you go into it not knowing that, mm-hmm. you and then you get a lot of dialogue. You're like, what the heck is happening? Like, yeah. let me. This I thought this was a Marvel movie, but if, if you're a purely based MCU fan, this movie's gonna throw you for a little bit of a loop. Because, I mean, and that's fine, you know, you fan however you want, we don't really care, we don't really judge, you know, it's just we approach it with comic books, because, you know, we have nothing better to do, <laughs> um, and, you know, but if you're used to just the movies, as far as you're getting your Marvel fix, this is a very, very different Marvel movie, um, it's gonna throw you for a little bit, because it's a lot of story and world building. Which is, which is what you have to do with them, because you're trying to establish, they've been here all this time, so yeah. what the hell have they been doing? Yeah. But also... They've been, I think, what is it? Somebody we, you and I watched on YouTube uh, said that, you know, this is a good break. They're breaking the Marvel mold. They're Mm -hmm. trying to be, it's not a carbon copy of other Marvel movies. The problem is this one did not really, I guess, collectively do as well. Like, change the mold for the better. Like like we said, if if you don't know anything about the comics and you're going into here as an MCU fan, yeah, this is different. But Mm -hmm. we still enjoy the heck out of it. Yeah, it, it was definitely, it came off better than I thought it would. I really thought there was they were really going to have some pacing issues. And in the beginning of the movie, it started to kind of feel that way, but it levels out about half an hour in. And it's a pretty consistent and pretty good story from there on out. Yeah. And yeah, it went in a couple different directions. It did some things that I didn't expect. But if you're going to go see it, highly recommend that you listen to the Eternals episode. It's a long episode because we're explaining a lot. But it's worth it. If you really want to sort of get the lore and the story behind the characters, as well as a couple of the Celestials that we see in the movie, you are really going to appreciate sort of that background knowledge. But we're not here to talk about Eternals. Today's episode, we are going to talk about none other than the Stone, the Boulder himself, Victor Stone, also known as Cyborg within the Justice League. Zach is currently holding his head in his hands <laughs> because this is his first ever in-person shoehorn, and we love it. But oh. Cyborg is kind of skipped over a lot in my mind, and what sucks in my one, it sucks because like when he was a Teen Titan, okay, yeah, the sk- oh skipping over, I could understand that. He's now a founding member of the Justice League. How the hell do you skip him over? Yeah, 
And then, like, and the way he gets his powers now is changed. Like, which is dope. It's, like, what? how the fuck do you skip him over? But before we fully get into Cyborg, Chris, what have you been reading? Oh, okay. So, I have sort of brought it back a little bit with the past couple days. Not only because I'm kind of running out of comics. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. I just I just brought you a bunch. But, of, I gave... Um, I brought you... I brought Chris so much... That literally, I had nine boxes. I think I had nine boxes of graphic novels. These are yep. short boxes. Yep. I am now down to eight. Gave you a box, but I also gave you a full box on top of a lot of graphic novels. See, us comic collectors, we're not greedy bitches, and we and we don't want to share. I'm like, I ran out of room. Uh, Chris likes this stuff. I'll give it to Chris. Yeah. So you know, now I just gotta, you, I gotta buy some more shelves. I came in here. Yeah, Sarah probably was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, she's definitely dealing with a little bit of that there. But no. So my my collection has expanded significantly. Zach sent me an Excel spreadsheet of probably like three hundred seventy seven. Yeah, roughly. Graphic novels. And I now comic ha- books. I now have to go through it again and delete any. Well, I mean, I can just go through whatever. I think it's fair to say that I selected. Probably two thirds of it. Yeah, you did, um, and I'm like, I the only reason that I that. didn't select some of them was because it's like characters I don't really know too much about, don't really care about, or it's such, like stuff that I've already read. Exactly. But I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into that a little bit, and I'll have plenty of stuff that I'm reading. But for this past week, I've been reading some Marvel tales, particularly within the Spider-Man universe, and these are like old, old comics. These are probably some of the oldest ones that I have. As far as what age they're from, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm little... looking. I'm actually. It was funny. I'm looking at it right now. This looks like bronze age That's because be. silver age and i have a couple silver age silver age is bigger they're more like magazines than they than they were than they were comics yeah i'd have to i'd have to date it a little bit but it, this is special to me because it's marvel tales starring spider-man in the blaze of battle so he's fighting lizard and what looks like some sort of weird sort of johnny storm from back in the day but it's got uh the approved by the comics code authority on the front of it it's <laughs> oh, got God. the 25 cent sort of stamp on it and it's also got a 10 cent stamp on it that somebody obviously used to for whatever reason wrote it in pen because this was from a garage sale and i got it from somebody else so i've been reading that in the blaze of battle and this is like old school ramita like not even ramita jr this is like ramita senior oh lord so that's that's you know this how is, old that is yeah if you're if you're familiar with him you know what we're dealing with so we got that and we also have spider-man's marvel tales of panic in the prison they're both within sort of a sleeve here that i don't really want to open because it's kind of just, you know, it's it's probably one of the best ones that I have. Or one of the ones that I'm most proud of. I get uh, it. But it's sort of the same thing. It's also another Ramita. It's Spider-Man dealing with a riot at, I think it's Rikers. But it's all, it's all human stuff. It's just him sort of like, you know, jumping around and being the moral compass for all these prisoners. And being it's a really nice compass. sort of, you know, beginning origin for peter you know this is back this is back like og spider suit he's still got the web wings and everything like that so this is the web wings that should have helped him fly but don't you know that doesn't make anatomical sense but who cares it's a different suit so what about you zach well i've been reading far sector and that's a green lantern story but it's not like oh it's another green lantern is with the core they're on it no they are in uh, apparently uh, they're from earth but they're from a sector at does not have a number. They have to deal with the first murder in thousands of years. Like, to the point that these people, it, you know, she's like, for us, do we, we've seen shows of like, this is, the, this is kind of the procedure of how you find prints or how you find a su- suspect. 
And she, t- she starts listing that stuff off, and these people are like, wait, what? And it's like, oh, right, crap. This, this, that's why this is awful, because you haven't had this in generations. And also, I blobbing up here, I actually got something that is killing the children, which I think I gave you the first mm-hmm. two, So I'll, which I never read. But I found them one day, and I'm like, oh, it's buy one, get one, half off. All right, Chris, you don't have these, right? No? Okay, cool, you're getting them. Something that's killing the children has been recommended to me by many of my friends who are sort of of the comic books persuasion so i'm ex- i'm probably gonna dive into that first honestly mm-hmm. um if not maybe berserk or some of the other graphic novels that you gave me but i won't interrupt i don't know did i give you berserker i don't remember if I you did. gave me berserk you didn't give me berserker oh okay. you gave me the manga you didn't give i don't want you to give me your version of berserker because i donated to the patreon oh yes you're right i'm waiting for my Oof. hardcover collective editions so yeah, no, there's nothing you can give me with Berserker that I don't already have on the way. I, fig- so. I figured it's the case. Yeah, I figured. Uh, and then also I have the, I got the f- volume three and four of Die, which is supposed to be kind of, it's to my, I have to read one and two again. I know I have those, but to my knowledge, it's like, it's literally D&D, but fucked up. <laughs> it's like, I want to, you know, I would love to be my character in a D&D ca- They literally did, like as kids, they did that. They lived their lives as these characters. To the point that it's like, okay, this might not have ramifications. No. One of them came back without an arm, and one of them didn't come back at all. So, yeah, it's fucked. And then it's like, oh, decades later, they have to go back and do this shit, because apparently shit's going on. going back. And it's like, you, it's like, okay, what's the problem with being these characters? Then you learn. They all had side effects of being these characters, like, just, like, using their powers. It's like, no, this had... This wasn't just, I get to use magic. It's like, no, you, you're losing something, or something is happening at the cost of you being able to do this. So I'm like, that's awesome. And now I, I want to get back into it. And I'm going to. And so yeah, that's kind of what I've been reading. Unfortunately, nothing about Cyborg, but we should. But I know that I have stuff with this first character. So first, Cyborg, Victor yeah. Stone. Let's talk about him briefly. Because his origin is... It all changes like everybody else's. It does. But it's also one of those that it's like, I feel like... Just simply because of the nature of his character, people are a little bit unfamiliar with how he became Cyborg. Obviously, we've got a little bit more familiarity with it now, with sort of Justice League and Snyder Cut coming out. Um, and those but are good... Was, re- was out. Was out, yeah. Did come out. So, like... But that's the thing, is... In the Justice League movies, Cyborg's already Cyborg. Yeah. Which we get a little bit of his origin, but, like, I don't think enough. Young Justice does a pretty good version of his modern origin. Basically... Victor Stone, star star athlete, star student, mm-hmm. and Detroit. You know, his, him, his relationship with him and his dad sucks ass. That's, I mean, that's really it. And then he flashes out at his like at his dad for missing one of his games, like the championship game, and he's getting he can get recruited by colleges and get a full ride. And an explosion happens at Star Labs where his dad works, and Victor's like obliterated. Now, it's either an explosion happens because of a machine or, and I'm pretty sure it's more, if it, uh, going, I'm going off Justice League War, which is just the origin of the New 52 versions, they had a father box, or mother box, I forget if father boxes are a thing yeah. in the comics, but new, basically new god technology is involved, he gets like obliterated, and using the technology, his dad saves him, but unfortunately permanently makes him a cyborg like he lost his arm he lost like most of, like part of his head he lost like a lot of his skin on his body like and then it ha- and then it makes him into a cyborg so he's now permanent he now can't be a normal person he has to, he's like i can't go to college i can't do anything not only because 
first it's kind of what he looks like. It's like, I don't look normal now. But it's also, I would say, probably a bit later, it's like thinking about it. It's like, well, now it's, now they put me on the football team, it's like they're cheating. Yeah. Because I could just be the team, really, if you think about it. So It's, it's very much a, it's a, a big switch for his role in society and what Victor understands what he's supposed to do with his life, which is kind of really nice. Because with that origin, you know, I mean, there's always some sort of changing within the origin. You know, the character changes, and that's why we get the existing super character that we all know and love. But with him, it's like, it's deeply personal, and it's on sort of like a different human level than you're used to. You know, it, it's tragedy, but it's not tragedy in the typical sense. Like, like Superman, Superman's origin, you know, he's from another planet. He lost all of his people. He's quote unquote the last son of Krypton. Right. He's whatever. He's not, but that's fine. Yeah. He's the he, but up until whenever he meets like Zod and his cousin, he's the last person from Krypton that he knows of. Wonder Woman is basically because of her choice in exile from a mystical island of warrior women. That's not really relatable. Batman, rich kid loses both of his parents. Okay, yes. People have lost their parents to stuff in the world, but you're also filthy rich, and you decide to go be a, you know, a vengeful uh, crime fighter, and uh, not really relatable. But losing yourself, like losing part of your identity, that and like, or losing the ability to do what you love, that, I think that's what gives Cyborg the more human connection to the reader, in my opinion. I. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know, but... <laughs> I mean, Batman loses things that he loves. There's plenty of people that lose things that they love within their origin, but I think, right. you know, it, it's 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 his coping. It's his thing that he's good at. It's what he sees as the possibility or, like, a tool to bring him and his father back together, which is why the whole thing with the championship game is so significant. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that, yeah, he definitely loses something, but it's not something that you typically see he doesn't lose his talent he can still play football he just physically is altered so he could not be thrown into that league so to speak um forgive the pun no no, uh, no pun intended pun he, intended because he makes a new league yeah so that's it's kind of it's a nice little sort of like human aspect of the story but that's victor stone as the regular cyborg that we know and love and the first character here okay so the first character here is a cyborg I'm going to say that. First character is a cyborg. He is not Victor Stone. So, but if you're going to look at this character as we're trying to do, which is a little objectively, he falls into the category of a cyborg. And we wanted to talk about him because we realized that he was a significant character. And we could have talked about him in a past episode, but it's actually kind of nice to throw him into this one because we get a really good idea of just how fucking parasitic and durable cyborgs can be in the DC universe. So I'll let Zach interim here. I'm talking of none other than, of course, Henry Henshaw, a.k.a. Cyborg Superman. So, which you can already tell, like, oh, we could have spoke about him in a Superman episode. Yeah, right. but, like, nah. We wanted, I, I think, we actually had, I think we had a discussion about this. I think there like, was, does like... Does he qualify as cyborg? Well, he's not, like, he's not related to Victor Stone throughout, even through the multiverse, right. which, if we get into those, we'll mention their Earths, right. which we will. But we, he's not, like, cyborg from a different universe, or he's not, like, a, a possible future evil cyborg. No, he's just, he is a cyborg, but mm -hmm. he has a distinct purpose of why he became what he became. Right. So... 
Henry, I might call him Hank, I might call him Henry, or just Cyborg Superman. One of those three, all of them are still him. So, or Henshaw. Also, Henshaw was part of Team Excalibur, which was a mission for LexCorp to go into space, right? But he went with his wife and two crewmates. If you're already thinking, wow, that sounds familiar to something Marvel related, yeah, it's kind of a joke on the Fantastic Four, but since LexCorp is involved... It's going to suck. And it's much darker. <laughs> Very much so. So they were exposed to solar flare radiation, which mutated them, right? And, t- and took the lives of every one of them eventually. Which, which I don't think they changed. There because because were... now that I realized while we were doing the notes, that was New Earth, not Prime Earth, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, Prime Earth one may or may not have done a lot of the stuff New Earth, because it, it, that's the problem when they when DC reboots and they don't tell you what happened. Like perfect example, Batman had all four of his Robins within five years. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. So Hank Henshaw could have been like all this stuff could have happened like early in Superman's career. I'm not 100 percent sure, but this version I feel like is better and the one you're gonna find the most stuff about one of his crewmates basically became an, a version of basically the thing from the fantastic four he immediately could not handle the mutation and i think took his own life yeah. and then the one that's like the analog of the human torch literally was burning up and had to go off and and literally i think he either blew up or flew into the sun and hit and mm-hmm. hank's wife like vanished from reality yeah but she survives the longest out of the the four of them well, yeah. excluding Hank. Right, well. obviously we're talking about him. Yeah, so, like, he, he Hank's body decom, decomposed, right? But he, he uploaded himself into the LexCore mainframe. Not sure when he was able to do that, mm. but he did it. And I, he, think, I think it was through the help of Terry, because Terry was kind of like, Terry being his wife. She, she phases, like, in and out of dimensions, but she is briefly a cyborg as well. But I, I believe it's through Terry's help that he's able to upload himself and through Lex as well. And so, like, they literally, they upload Hank and then Terry, like, phases out of existence, like, a couple minutes later. It's, it's like, actually very sad and kind of heartbreaking because the last thing that she does is save her man and then... And then he's... Right. And then he... Yeah. Then this... And then... So he actually found his way into the birthing matrix, which carried Superman to Earth. Yeah, he just stole his fucking baby rocket carriage. What an asshole. But, um... <laughs> you know, he went... He mingled around other Earth worlds and aliens, but he became... His mind degraded. To the point he's like, Superman is the cause of the death of my wife and my and what's happened to me. Because he had such faith in Superman being... Like, he'll come and save us. That Superman was doing something else and didn't. And he didn't even know about it. So he couldn't come and save them. But he's like, it's your fault because you didn't save us. He actually went to... He w- so he found a planet that was the Warlord Mongol. That name sounds familiar. Mongal was in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. She's a very lesser known character because her death is basically her head being slapped off by her brother. Yeah. She's not that memorable, to be honest. And he recruited Hank into a for a mission to go against Superman. So Hank disguised himself as Superman. But he didn't do it properly. He did it that like half of his face looked organic. Like half of his body, part of it, looked organic and looked like Superman. Like even half his face. But the other half looked very robotic. By like half, I shouldn't even say half. More like a quarter of his face looks like Superman. While the other half, while the other three quarters is robot part. Like like his jaw and the right side of his face all looks like robot. And like the small left side of his face with the eye and then like his hair 
Superman. That already is gonna screw screw you up if you like. Superman is the is the reason why I'm like this, and now I have to see part of his face everywhere I go because I look like him now. Yeah. So he actually he went back to Earth. This was pretending to be Superman. At the same time, like there was the Superboy, the Eradicator, and uh, Steel. This was back in the Death of the Superman era, mm-hmm. which you know did not last long because it's comic books. Yep. <laughs> so, but also. Mongol worked alongside Cyborg Superman to destroy Coast City, and he actually was like, "Oh, it wasn't me. The 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 Eradicator did it, and almost killed it." But then, you know, Superboy came to help. Which destroying Coast City, if you don't know, that's the home of how how Jordan Green Lantern, and that set off a whole chain of events. Yeah, for the Lanterns. That's his. That's his big sort of breakthrough into the character that. If you're familiar with Hank Henshaw, that's that's sort of like his shining moment for how the rest of his story goes. Uh, he just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. He's awful. Yep. Uh, Henshaw actually was going to launch a warhead to destroy Metropolis and turn it into a second engine city. What the hell is engine city? Who knows? Maybe it's something from space. Maybe it's some plan with Mongol. Doesn't matter because it does, doesn't work. Yep. So he actually... Gets his ass handed to him by Superboy, Supergirl, the revived Superman, who I'm pretty sure does not have his powers at this time. He does not. This is the black suit with the mullet, Superman, and... So sick. Yeah, and Steel. Greenland, now how Jordan defeated Mongol and the Eradicator, and then went to fight Henshaw, then kind of went a little nuts. But that's how. We're not talking about how. Yeah. You know, like, and but Hank is just, I, I don't... He's literally, he's just evil Superman. Mm. Parading, walking around with his face, you know? And then, but he also just gets, he gets around. Like, he's in a lot of stories. It's not just, oh, I'm a Superman villain. It's like, no, he's fighting a lot of people. Yeah. Case in point, he actually joined the Sinestro Corps. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we were, so he actually joined the Sinestro Corps when, um, to fight. You know, just to fight the Green Lantern, because Sinestro's like, I'm going to make my own core. Which, you're like, oh, so evil Green Lanterns. Yeah, but kind of not. Like, they Different want, emotion. Right. They want to do... They want to police the universe, but they're like, the only way to police it is through fear. If you're, if the people are afraid of being criminals, then they, they won't be criminals. Mm-hmm. Which, de- depends on, depending on how you stand, you might think Sinestro's right. You might think he's wrong. Whatever. But Hank brings a lot of... he makes people afraid because he's superman but also a cyborg yeah one you look at him and you're terrified i would say because you're like that looks like superman but also a scary robot i don't know what to do and joining with sinestro he actually got gained control of the manhunters who the who the fuck are the manhunters well they were the they were the experiment of the guardians of the universe before the green lanterns they're like well to fight evil emotions we need things that can't be corrupted by it so we make they made robots. It didn't work. They actually slaughtered a whole sector of people, and a sector is like a part of space. So they have three thousand six hundred sectors, and they destroyed sector six hundred sixty six. Yes, I understand the the fucking reason. Significance. Yeah, the significance of the number, <laughs> and also like, come on, that's too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But so he he gained control of them. And the only reason he really joined Sinestro is because the Sinestro also got the Anti-Monitor, which is a fucking god. Yeah. And he's like, if I help, if we win this Anti-Monitor, you're gonna go, uh, you're gonna help me, right? And the Anti-Monitor's like, yes, Henshaw, I will kill you. 
mm-hmm. because all he wants to do is die and basically be with his wife in the afterlife. I don't think he's going to, nope. even if he did die, but that's fine. He just wanted to stop living because he can't, he literally could not die. He, that's like the one thing of his humanity. He's like, I, I don't have any more humanity. I just want to die. Because that's because then that tells me I'm still human, and he can't. He literally can't. Like I'm pretty sure at the end of the Sinestro War, he's just like uh, the like a small bit of his face. It's like the, the the Superman eye and the robot eye, and like the like just the upper half of his head is left, and he's and it's like oh, basically you're like oh, if we finally found peace. Nope, the Manhunters found him and they brought him back, and he's just like, and you just see like one single tear, like fuck, I'm still I'm still here, damn it. And then even during Blackest Night, which is Everybody in the universe who has died being brought back to life as basically zombies. And he wanted... He, he Again, he still wants death. And he goes up to the embodiment of death, Necron. And he's like, please kill me. And Necron's like, shut the fuck up. Get yeah. out of here. Why yeah. are you asking me to kill you? I, I don't want... I want everything to die, yeah, but I'm going to kill everything. So you just wait your turn. I'm pretty sure the reasoning was that he didn't have a heart that Necron cherished. Right. That well, was sort of like the meaning of death is that there, there's like a significant end to it right and with him just like his physical makeup he doesn't have something that necron wants and he can't die in the traditional sense so therefore he's not interested right because if i remember correctly blackest nights all black lanterns would go after people who were feeling emotions and literally grab their hearts disintegrate them they come back as black lanterns and that fed the hearts fed the black lantern power battery to then bring necron into this reality which that makes sense it's like you don't have an organic heart. I can't use it. Get the hell out of my face. Yeah. Nothing for him. Nothing for him value-wise. Yep. Necron, at least. But apparently, he... One of the Guardians is like, you know what? You want to fight against Necron as well? Sure. And turn him into an Alpha Lantern. Which is fucking impressive because the Alpha Lanterns are like the secret police of... I wouldn't say secret police. They're the... Special forces. Not Special forces slash... What's police have like? Uh, oh, like SWAT. No, like like inter- like an internal investigations bureau. Oh, okay. So like they like just for the Green Lantern Corps because it's like we gotta keep the lanterns in check because at this point the lanterns were allowed to kill. So they're like, well, we need a police force to monitor ourselves. So they made the Alpha Lanterns, which they're all fo- Green Lanterns who were first they were organic, then they became more cybernetic, mm-hmm. and they actually have in their bodies their power battery. So he is like, well, you already hit part. You're already there. We'll just implant it into you. So he worked for the Alpha Lanterns for a bit. Yeah. Then, you know, didn't. <laughs> uh, probably because of a reboot or he's just like being an ass. You know, and they're like, all right, fuck off. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of shit he's done, though. Like, he's done a lot of stuff. But if we were to talk about him, it would literally be like yeah. half this podcast, he's half got, this episode. He's got quite a list. He also has like... A couple, I think, two or three runs in with Doomsday at some point. Those are some very interesting runs as far as, like, how he interacts with Doomsday as well as, like, which side he's on when he's fighting Doomsday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say in quotations, fighting Doomsday. Yeah, but fighting Doomsday is difficult enough. I was about to say. The so, first person to do it died doing yeah, it. Yeah. And so I, I just want to sort of, like, mention his powers here. He's got a couple things that make him kind of a little bit more interesting and independent. One of which is the electronic consciousness that he has. So once again, being a cyborg, your consciousness is sort of like data, essentially. Especially if you're like so advanced as Hank is. 
And so you're, if you're interested in his character and you're going to like read through some of the recommendations that we give you, you're going to see that his physical body gets destroyed a lot. The fuck time. He goes through models faster than Ultron. Than Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, Ultron upgrades his models. Hank kind of just, just keeps him the same because yeah, he Hank's finds like, he has to scrounge for parts. Basically, yeah. And so he goes through that a lot, but his big hallmark is his electric consciousness and how he literally swaps from body to body like nobody's business every week, right? And he's also got the technomorphing, which is he doesn't just command electronics. He can literally incorporate himself into their energy. So it's like sort of a step up to being able to like change the the red light green, essentially. I was basically, I would say it's kind of like mind control, but... On but with tech, with technology, yeah. yeah. And he and he's since he's a cyborg Kryptonian, he does have the Kryptonian abilities. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent sure if he is truly powered by the sun. He might not be because also what see what is unsure if it if it's a weakness if like you put him under a red la- a red sun, right? Which normally for Kryptonian that takes away their powers. So it's not we're not hundred percent sure if that would affect him since he is half robot. So I don't see why he couldn't just have like a mini sun in him. But he's also, unfortunately, fucking weak to kryptonite, which that sucks. Yeah. So it, it it's we got that because he's got the Kryptonian DNA. And it's not necessarily known because if you know Superman, you know that he has a weakness to magic. Which most people I would, that I, most people that I talk to are like, what the fuck? That's such a random weakness. It's like, well, think about Makes it. Sense. Well, it's but it's also like you have to think about it. His powers are kind of based off of science. Yeah. Magic is the is almost the absence of science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's science with with an extra tick of whimsy to it. Essentially. Exactly. So it, it's not known if he has the same amount of vulnerability or any vulnerability at all to magic. But if he did, it's theorized that it would probably only affect his biological parts, of which there aren't a lot. So it would probably <laughs> screw with his vision, and that's pretty much it. And that it's also an interesting conversation. I'm going to mention this before we move on to the next character. That since he does have the Kryptonian physiology, he has Kryptonian DNA. When he is briefly, there's a stint that he has where he's sort of like using Doomsday as a catalyst to sort of like move himself around. And it's Doomsday does not perceive Henshaw as a threat, even with the Kryptonian DNA. So that in itself can sort of like boil your noodle a little bit as far as like what's going on here. And so I think it also really does a good job of, I mean, if, if, if you're going to be a crazy uh, comic lawyer, there's lots of stuff that you could argue against it. But at the same time, I think it's it might be done intentionally due to the fact... It might be. This might be wishful, wishful thinking. Might be done intentionally due to the fact that it literally separates Hank from Superman. It makes him a completely different character. And so I think that that's how I read into it. I could very well be reading into it way too much and could just <laughs> be giving the creators way too much credit and they could have just fucking forgotten. But that's kind of how I see it. And so that brings us wonderfully to our next character um, from Grid. Or excuse me, his name is Grid. He's from Prime Earth as well. So this is after Cyborg is given technology to keep himself alive, right? So this is after his origin. He realizes that he can keep tabs on every single human on Earth, right? But he decides that he doesn't want to because he doesn't really see himself as a government agency. And he also thinks that that's a crazy breach of privacy, which I agree. And that's one of the standout things about Vic Stone is that ultimately... Minority report up in this bitch. Exactly. He's just a really good dude, right? So he doesn't want to do this. So instead, he creates a software program to fulfill that job purely for the safety of the people of the world. It's kind of like, all right, I'm I'm not going to do it, 
but it's kind of so I would that's it to me that tells me he has a program running. It's just doing it in case, like God forbid, we need to look into it. I have the capability to do so. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't personally want to be looking at it. It's kind of. It's like. A, it's the. What is it? It's like the. I call it his fuck it button. It's, yeah, basically. It's, yeah. That's <laughs> it. It's like all right, Batman's not here to figure this out. Fuck it. I can now watch. Every, I I have this. I have this thing that's watching everybody. So now we can figure out who did the thing. Yeah. Which I mean, if you have Batman, you don't really need that. He'll figure it out. Yeah. But anyways, this software program um, eventually grows and develops a neural network based on sort of like hackers and viruses that it encounters. Because in addition to surveying the people, it's also protecting them from electronic threats. And it sort of kind of develops a personality and is brought fully to a sentient sort of state by Atomica, who uses it to steal data on the Justice League adventures and brings grid to the crime syndicate of which Atomica is a part of. Right, the crime syndicate is actually from Earth 3. Yeah. And the only reason why they were here uh, is because fucking the Anti-Monitor destroyed their universe. Yeah. Because, I the mean... The crime syndicate is, is, is a... They really make you kind of feel for those villains, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, but it's also like... So the crime syndicate is literally the Justice League if they were criminals, but... Why that's not really a bad thing in that universe? Because I think in the past you and I have talked about the dark multiverse and yep. like how those worlds are, you know, they're out of balance so they die quickly. Mm-hmm. The only reason why the crime syndicate's Earth doesn't do that is because that's the point. That's the universe where it's literally everything. The morality of the whole, basically, I'd say the whole morality of the whole universe is flipped. It's like because they've also had pre pre Flashpoint stories, pre some crisis, one yeah. of them. It's a post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint story where the Justice League say, like they switched. Justice League went over there, and the Crime Syndicate went over to Prime Earth mm-hmm. or New Earth, whatever. And I don't know the, these names are yeah. also annoying me too. But the Justice League changed the way that that world ran to be more like their own. And then just seeing how the normal people reacted, they're like, "Oh shit, this is not good. The criminals have to be in charge here." That's literally like the way this universe was built. Yeah, you're upsetting the balance by inserting something good into it, which is kind of, it's a cool idea. It's kind of with, wacky. It's a great idea and it's a great thing on morality, but it's like but this universe was literally made the polar opposite. So we have to so we have to leave the justice the crime syndicate to be in charge. Right. Which sucks for Lex Luthor, the last to my knowledge one of if not the last member of his Justice League. Mhm. So, which I'm pretty sure he brought them over to stop the crime syndicate, but it's like, but that's not the point. Yeah. You kind of need, this has to be like this. You can't stop the crime syndicate, because if you do, it causes a whole mess of other problems. And you literally have just normal people going around being wor- being worse criminals, being criminals because they're no longer afraid. Yep. It's like, who the fuck's going to stop me? Yeah. You're not going to kill me. You're just going to arrest me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So they're like, I'm just going to okay. keep going. And they're like, nope, never mind. The crime syndicate need be, needs, needs to be, to be in charge because they will kill you yep. if you step on their turf. So coming back to software, or excuse me, coming back to Grid. Well, Grid is software. He is yes. software. Right. He's like, essentially the name is software and then he dubs himself Grid. He steals some body prosthesis from Cyborg. Which if I remember seeing this correctly, he rips them off he of takes Cyborg. Him, he literally takes them off. Yeah, it's not, a, that, that was a very nice way to say it. Um, <laughs> gives himself a body, gives itself a body, I guess, and um, sets out to discover its own human emotions since it's the one thing that it can't replicate and it's the what one the fu- thing that it's jealous of that Victor has. So I, I don't understand my point, that the fascination with a 
a robot learning emotions. Because it's the one thing that they can't understand. Why are we so interested in AI? Because it's the one thing that we have, but we don't have the fully realized potential. It's literally like two different sides of the same electronic coin. I mean, sure. I don't know. To me, it's just overdone. No, it is like... overdone. 100%. I was, about, I was literally about to say that this is very much a stereotypical like origin AI story. This yeah. is something that we see a lot. That being said, Grid's story is interesting enough and he's separate enough from Cyborg that I think he's pretty cool. You know, I, I can get over a sort of overbaked origin story if the story itself fleshes it out and it immerses itself in the universe good. And I think Grid does a pretty good job of that. That's fair. Um, Because he works around... He serves the crime syndicate, right? He's instrumental to taking over global telecoms for the planet-wide blackout that the team plans, right? They are a big success because of Grid, right? He is eventually stopped by Victor Stone with him... With Victor Stone having new upgrades due to sort of the crime syndicate's involvement. In addition to Victor Stone also having the Metal Men who are a sort of, they're goofy, but they're cool for this purpose where they are a bunch of sort of like robot robots that fight with him and they are technically non-networked. So they're only connected to Victor. They don't have like a, a software or a server designation. So therefore they couldn't be shut down by Grid's blackout. So it was like a nice little sort of wrench in the plans there, right? Um, so even though Grid is seemingly destroyed, he survives in Cyborg's system after that conflict and is reactivated with a fight against the Anti-Monitor and Darkseid, and is able to make Cyborg become him during the fight. So he fully immerses Cyborg within his tech. So he survives as a program within Cyborg, and then when they need him, I believe Wonder Woman activates him, and he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, man, it'd feel really cool to walk again, and just like, boom, takes over Cyborg. And it's for the better, right? At the end of it, all of his allies, I'm talking about Grid here, all of his allies in the crime syndicate are dead except for Owlman. So he ends up uploading himself into the Mobius chair. And the last time that we see Grid is that when Owlman and Grid are talking to Metron and they're killed by, at the at that time, an unknown powerful force. Uh, spoiler alert at this point, the unknown powerful force you know, happens to be a glowing blue man who, you know, really needs to wear some more clothing other than what looks like fucking a sensor bar around his junk. It's Dr. Manhattan. I mean, yeah, listen, I was just being a wise <laughs> ass and saying it in a stupid way, but yes, it's Dr. Manhattan. He's, he's always there. <laughs> fucking hell. He's making eggs in one room and <laughs> knitting a quilt in the other one. He's While being in at 1920. While solving fuck. world hunger and eradicating unemployment. It's fucking Doomsday Clock was so dumb. <laughs> it was interesting, but it was dumb. Yeah, it was. So, the, so already you're like, okay, we just talked about an evil cyborg. Let's talk you, about... You don't even know. No, let's talk about a worse one. You don't even know, dude. So this is the murder machine. Okay, so before you jump into this, I'm going to say we have a bit of a theme. I mean, this is a theme within DC, but we have a theme of this on the podcast, and that's... We've talked about it with a couple different heroes, and I think villains at this point, of what if this character was in the dark multiverse and had an even more tragic Batman backstory... Or just an even more tragic... I think uh, literally earlier today I was reading something from the Dark Multiverse. I mean the Dark Multiverse. From the Dark Knight... From Death Metal. Jesus. Yeah. Can't with these fucking names. I mean, it's but, basically the same thing. Right. But well, there was one where it was like, well, what if Super baby Superman went, was ra- radiated by a cosmic storm from a black hole? Well, then he would come to Earth and have a hunger that can only be satiated by with human flesh like right. what the unnecessarily dark yeah <laughs> like what the fuck i mean it's dc or martian manhunter basically being an alien i was about to say from fucking 
Ripley. The, the, the Martian Manhunter version that we talked about is sort of one of the most notable ones. But Mindhunter. Mindhunter. I was about to say. I thought I was about to say Dark Hunter, but I was like, that's not right. No, but like, but like, but this is a thing of like the Dark Multiverse is less of just just evil versions and kind of more of a combination of a character and another character. Yeah. Which. Which is like more often than not, that character happens to be Batman because he's so dark, he's dark enough that it fits. Fucking hell. Yes, the most infamous and I would say a sometimes overly used person is the oh, thing, yeah. is the Batman who laughs. Oh yeah, Joker plus Batman. So this murder machine from Neg- Earth negative forty two. Remember, if you're in the dark multiverse, everything's a negative. Mm-hmm. This is Cyborg plus Batman. So oh, I also think it's negative forty four. Forty-two. What did I say? Is it forty-two? Earth negative forty-four. I'm just gonna correct you, just so that people know where to go. I'm sure there's a negative forty-two. I mean, who cares? There's a negative everything in the dark. Exactly. The murder machine isn't cyborg. It's Batman, right? In this reality, Batman's rogue gallery break into the Batcave, like Bane, Harley, Two Face. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Joker was there, but I could have been wrong. I'm pretty sure the Penguin might have been, and they proceed to beat on Alfred. Like, where's your boss? And he's like, how do you know I'm not Batman? It's like, okay. They're like, hmm, let's find out. And then they proceed to kick his ass. Yeah, they're like, all right, fine. And then they're like, all right, so clearly not. But Bane, being the asshole, breaks Alfred's spine. Literally, they beat him to death and they leave him in the Batcave. So, ba- so Batman lost his father figure. He already lost his parents. Now he loses the man who basically raised him up from that point onward. So he's distraught. Distraught to the point that he was watching the video footage of his of Alfred getting beat on while they're doing the funeral upstairs in the mansion. But also it's like, but this is so that this is the problem. If we can't even have an open catch because of how fucked up my rogues gallery made his body, they fully turn him into human pizza. I'm pretty yeah, like it was awful. He begs Cyborg to help him. Like I had a I had a a program a protocol you know for when Alfred got when he. when he would have passed away by natural causes, mm-hmm. to be like an AI, basically his Jarvis would have just been Alfred, right? So he asked Cyborg to help him perfect it, help him make it better. They do. It would, you know, it would normally just do like normal tasks, clean up, make make him food, make sure he's fine. Unfortunately, the moment it was activated, it spread itself like a virus. And killed every criminal in Arkham Asylum. Every criminal. Like the first one that we see when we're getting this origin. Is just a bunch of Alfreds surrounding Bane and killing him. Now you're like, well, what? It's an AI. It's a computer. It's like a hologram. These things were more nanotech. Mm -hmm. Because you had to be able to let him physically do stuff. there's There's a specific ability that Cyborg makes sure to note to Bruce when he's creating the program. Is that he will appear as a hologram. But he can manifest tangible weapons if he needs to. Not even just weapons of like tangible, just just being tangible. Tangible force. Right. He can make himself tangible if he needs to, basically. Right. And then uh, and so they're actually trying to break into the bat cave in this earth, and Cyborg's like, "Do not let them in." Meanwhile, it's like a it's like an army of Alfreds being like, speaking calmly, "Let me in, sir. Ring the bell. Like, yeah. I'm your butler. Let me in." Right, and it's like, don't do it. Bruce is like, yeah, but I can't. I it, this is I can't fail him again. Yeah, he's so steeped in his own guilt and sadness that it's just it's it's too much for him to even just hear Alfred's voice. Right, he let so he lets him in, and the AI actually convert his body. Not he's so I wouldn't say he's not 
half machine, half man. He's now more machine than he is man. Like, I'm pretty sure his brain might be in there, maybe. His Not guy, even. No, I don't even think. It's he, straight up. He's fully converted to a robot. Yeah, he is, he is like, nanotech. He's nanotech as a person. It's right. the, so. And once again, it's sort of it's that overused thing that it's like I'm gonna make you a body that will not fail you type thing. Right. You know? And he's like the first. Like first, I was afraid, and then that was like the first thing they did. They kind of got rid of my emotion. They protected me from myself, which get I'm rid like of his fear, and they get rid of his sadness first. It's right. The first I'm like, thing they take away. Right. And I'm like, okay, I get that because that was his point to protect him. Little fucking extreme there. Yeah. But okay, so he works with the Batman who laughs and the other Dark Knights to invade. Prime Earth. After, well, hold on. After, you're skipping over, I'm going to throw this in here. After killing all of the Justice League oh, one yeah. by one. Sorry, I thought that was just, I thought that, <laughs> I was going to say, we've talked about the dark, the evil Batman at this point. That oh, in, yeah. in all their realities, they kill the Justice I, League. I, it's it's fucking implied, hard. but I just want to make sure that we like throw that in there. Yeah, like, he kills everybody. He fucking goes uh, Mortal Kombat on Cyborg first and rips off his head with his spine still attached. Oh my god, yeah, he pulls it. I mean, it's, it's horrible too, because Cyborg is sort of like pleading to him. He's like, Bruce don't become this murder machine that he dubs himself as afterwards. And he's like, I don't want to not do this. He was like, this is the closest I've ever been to Alfred. This is the closest I will ever be to Alfred. And I you can't lose it to, again. And you're trying to take it away from me. And you're trying, yeah, you're trying to take it away. So once again, the, the, also the Alfred that is turned into the program is called the Alfred protocol. Just so that you like know that when we talk about in the future. Right. Cause it's not just it, cause it's also, it's not like just the one, it's like a, a bunch of them though. No, he's, he's a program. And so it's like, it is designed to protect Bruce, just like the real Alfred. But the problem is it perceives everything as a threat to Bruce, whether that's organic due, or, uh, yeah. Or whether that's due to just how it was made or the fact that it's within the dark multiverse and everything is just a threat inherently. Right? I'd probably it's go with a little bit of both. A little like, bit of both. There's right? a prob- so, problem with the programming and then also you're in the dark multiverse. So therefore everything is a threat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, it, it seems like a simple character, but it's got some cool concepts behind it. I want to make sure that we don't gloss over that, but yeah, yeah. it was definitely implied that he kills the justice league, but now you know for sure that they, oh, yeah, they're no. fucking dead. Yeah. I mean, every dark, every dark night, every single one, every single one of them have killed their Earth's Justice League. Yep, but we're still gonna say it just because there's usually some sort of cool reason. Yep. So, Murder Machine goes with the Batman who laughs and the Dark Knights, and they go to it and they come to Earth Zero, Prime Earth, however you want to say it, because it's like, well, that multiverse survives. What the fuck's wrong with ours? So he actually, so hacking it. So they go to. The the Watchtower. I almost forgot what it's called for a second there. <laughs> they beat on Cyborg. First off, they beat on him like 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 not even a chance. He did not have a chance to fight any of them. So he hacks th- from the Watchtower, hacks Star Labs in Chicago, mm-hmm. turns that into his base of operations, and then starts. And he uses the Alfred Protocol nanobots to start turning other people into uh, into Alfreds, basically. Yep. Which I'm like, well, that's fucking disgusting. He just assimilates it's some Agent Smith type shit. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. And it's like, and he's not even in Chicago to do that. And it's like, no, I don't need to be there. No. He, got, he gets his ass handed him. Not only, but well, yeah, retroactively, not retroactively, you know, respectfully by Cyborg because that's what all of the members of the Justice League do. They beat their respective counterpart. Yeah. Uh, to bits, most of them. Not only does he get his butt handed him by Cyborg, Cyborg. It evolves. Mm-hmm. So with Nth Metal and Cyborg basically merging, per- I would say perfectly with a mother box, he fries Murder Machine systems, right? While the rest of the Justice League get Element X, which is just the Wish Metal, which yeah. is what I like to call it. And they, they, beat, they beat the Dark Knights. Everybody but Batman who left. But Murder Machine is just broken down into bits. Like nothing. Like I don't even think anything was left 
from that. But no, like he's he's literally vibrated to a thousand pieces. Well, broken to a thousand pieces. Yeah, and Cyborg I think kind of dubs himself Cyborg One Million. Yeah. Which is kind of which is a play on the Justice League One Million stuff that I know we've spoken about before. But he's you know he's not from the future. It's no. Just, no, I have but I have so but it's like he evolved that that up to that century in a moment. Yeah. So that's why he's like, I'm he, Cyborg he is 1 million. essentially Cyborg 1 million, but within this time period. Yeah, he's, so. you don't have to wait to the 800-something or other century, exactly. which, was, which was a bit silly. Yeah. So that brings us to, not I mean, Murder Machine is so cool, but that brings us to uh, our, our last sort of big character that we're going to talk about. we got a couple other mentions that we might throw in at the end. Um, and this is Machine Head from Earth 8. Which is, so actually, fun fact, there are two Machine Heads in D.C., One's from Earth-7 and one's from Earth-8. The only reason why we're not talking about the Earth-7 one is because he's barely uh, he's barely around. And the Earth-8 yeah. one plays more of a significant role than him mm-hmm. in the Earth-7 version. Yeah. Also, on this Earth, and probably also on Earth-7, it's just the Avengers, but... Just sort of like DC's... I mean, Marvel has the Squadron Supreme, which is just... Oh, yeah. Which is just the Justice League. Yep, yep. So, um, this Earth 8, this has to do with a little bit of Flashpoint, so it wouldn't be a DC episode if we didn't mention Flashpoint, would it? And that, of course, creates cracks in the universe, and due to that- Multiverse. Multiverse, excuse me. Earth 8 becomes a lot more dark because of this, and it's all- this Earth is also invaded by another reality, and the heroes of Earth 8 try to fight them in secret- but lose, even though they are eventually repelled, and Machine Head is sort of, like, horribly disfigured as a result. Machine Head is kind of, like, if you're going to think about him as anything, he's sort of, like, closest to an Iron Man, right? So he he was a man who then picks up the mantle of essentially being sort of a little bit of both, man and robot, right? So he witnessed something pretty significant pretty soon after that. He wishes the witnessing the summoning of the Dark Monitor, and he joins the Justice Incarnate for a while. He was a very chief member for the Justice Incarnate. He was part of the team that warns Superman that he's being hunted by the prophecy and is able to save the multiversal Superman. He has like kind of a significant hand in that. He's a really good sort of support character. He's made a deal with Darkseid to help him achieve ultimate power in exchange for the safety of his Earth. And he's worked with Lex Luthor from Earth-23 to develop the carrier arcs, which helped Darkseid get to that power. But he eventually just straight up mercs Lex Luthor due to the fact that it seemed like his loyalty is kind of starting to wave. He also forms the Injustice Carnet, which is a group of villains and heroes dedicated <sighs> to keeping the multiverse separate. Yeah, a lot the, of... The Injustice Incarnate is... It's, it's, you're right. Well, it's you, have, you have the Justice Incarnate, yep. which is the so multiverse of Justice the Injustice League. Incarnate. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Both sides, you know? Balance, as they say. Balance my foot. <laughs> um, he does eventually turn on his allies of this team um, and takes over the House of Heroes, though. So that's sort of a big breakout moment for him because he really sort of comes into his own. He's kind of ambiguous. He goes back and forth in the beginning of his sort of origin. And then right around here, he really sort of full tilts into the black label that we know Machine Head as. So he um, also responds to the Injustice Incarnate being summoned to Earth Omega in order to stop the JSA from fearing, freeing Barry Allen, which could fix the events of Flashpoint. And he wants personal revenge on Batman and Barry for what they did to his world since they were the invaders. However, President Superman is able to free Barry and Machine Head is then executed by Darkseid. So I quickly just looked up because I realized we didn't put this in the notes, which is fine. So the Justice... Lee, so the Lee, the Justice Incarnate, my goodness, Justice and League and Blit, <laughs> is Captain Carrot. I remember that distinctly, which is hilarious to me. <sighs> which there's Mary Marvel from Earth S, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There's President Superman, mm-hmm. right? And then there's I th- there was Machine Head, Barry Allen, Flash from Earth Prime. So like he went off and Wally was like, "You're gonna be Flash now, Wally." Then there's Batman from Flashpoint, which he should not exist, but whatever. But he does. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Who cares? They can do whatever they want. And then <laughs> I think there's other members of the. And I can't remember of the Justice uh, Justice Incarnate, but the Injustice Incarnate, fucking holy shit! So it's Doctor Savannah of Earth Five, mm-hmm. right? Which is just Earth S, which is the Earth of it's just the Shazam family, right? But this is like old, the older Shazam family. Okay. There's Fate from Earth Fifteen. Basically, Obviously. it's just Doctor Fate, okay. but like a more. There's Joke Jokero, which is just Joker, oh, right? With the but, Sinestro. Yeah, it's Joker yep. from, but he's like he's a member of the Sinestro Corps. There's Magog from Earth Twenty Two, which I believe is Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much he's like he's kind of a hero, but not really. He's right. it's brutal. Super Doom from Earth Forty Five and Super Superwoman One. From Earth Three, there's multiple versions of Earth Three, but this is like one of the, this is the one that was in Forever Evil. This is the one that I I think came with that worked alongside Grid, right? To my knowledge. Yep. And that uh, sounds right. Yeah, Lady. I don't know if I said Lady Quark from Earth Forty Eight. Lady Quark. Yeah, I don't know. She was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm not hundred percent sure. On is that a Infinite. is that a combination? No, she's just. It's weird. I would say it's like she's like the super supergirl or superwoman of her of her universe. I've uh, never heard of her before. Yeah, it's it must. I think it was like a it was a pre crisis kind of a story. Right. And then they're like, well, people are gonna are confused. Why are they interacting with Superman? Well, okay, we got to get rid of the the multiverse now because we just confused the fuck out of everybody. Right. So that so th- that's the injustice incarnate, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But yeah, like Machine Head, like. Yeah, it's it's Iron Man, but like to an extreme. Yeah, but he which we got plenty of extremes with regular Iron Man within that multiverse, which we talked about. <laughs> yes, but we did. This is kind of the the DC sort of labeled version of that. Yeah, and so that takes care of Machine Head. So we got another uh, a couple other tertiary cyborg characters that we want to talk about. They don't have big significant arcs. Some are funny. Some are just some are stupid. funny. Some are just really stupid. One of them that's sort of like the most base thing that we have very very little information because they're just a background character is Deathborg, and that is <laughs> of course it, it, it's not fully confirmed but it's pretty certain that it is a amalgamation of deathlock and cyborg so literally it's just a combo of marvel's uh, one of marvel's cyborg characters and, and DC's, dc's characters literally cyborg right so deathlocks were sort of created to destroy and assassinate and destabilize they are literally i would say you can make them the equivalent they're terminators yeah but they're also cyborg body they're cyborgs of dead people of dead soldiers so they're literally zombie cyborgs yeah and they can send them through time and do other shit if they need to which is so yeah death borg it's just you made a cyborg of a cyborg it makes yeah. no sense to me exactly another one is aquaborg oh my god which is so dumb we we thought about including this guy in our aquaman episode but I was like, this is there's there's so little on him, and also personally, I think it's really stupid. I'm still gonna talk about him though because yeah. it's it's so, got some relevance. This is a mashup. He's from the Justice Titans. It was I believe it was like a Superman Batman story. Yep. Where they went into, or it might have been a Fifty Two. I'm not sure, but it's it's like a either a it's yeah it's a Batman Superman story. Mm-hmm. It's from like a pocket dimension where it's you just combine the 
Titans, the Teen Titans, and the Justice League into like one character into one character. So you know he's he's works alongside um you know works alongside works alongside Night Lantern, which is this Nightwing and Green Lantern and and Star Canary. Yeah. Which is Starfire. Yeah, no, they're, it's pretty stupid. But Honestly, this one's so dumb. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's a man in a with a robot body, but he has to have water on his organic parts. So yeah. it's like he's like he's wearing like a bubble helmet, which is stupid. Yeah, he's like a reverse Atlantean cyborg. Yeah, I don't understand how the fuck any, that doesn't make any works. sense to me. Right. And then the last one, which is actually kind of the most compelling of the final three here, is Cyborgman. So, of course, if you take away the man and you spell it out, it's Cyborg, even though it's spelled S-Y. So, yeah, his first name is Cy. His last name is Borgman. Yep. <laughs> and he... If you watched Harley Quinn, you're familiar with his character. No, that didn't come out on the show. That is a canonized comic character. We actually talk about him briefly in our Harley Quinn episode. Um, I think we do. We mentioned him as probably, the landlord. Well, I think we mentioned him, yeah. Because he just plays like the role of the landlord. He shows up like when he needs to type thing. He's but a goofball. He's a goofball. He used to work for the U.S. government. He used to work for the CIA. Um, I believe that he was a cleaner, essentially. So he used to clean up a lot of messes. He also used to do intelligence and stuff. And at the time, he was recruited into a program that turns him into a cyborg. So he's got a big cybernetic arm and a big cybernetic leg. And he's got a bunch of tools and stuff on the inside of it. Yeah, but this is like back then. So, so sta- state of the art ne- state of the art then is now Is crap. no longer <laughs> crap. Yeah, so he's essentially he's a cyborg that's aged, which is kind of cool. It's pretty it's funny to me. It's very funny. It's And I think that's why they did such a good job of incorporating him into the show, honestly, because they did a really... They did a great job with him. I think he's hilarious in the show. I love representation for my guy who's just a landlord, canonically. <laughs> like, it's very, very funny. Um, but, yeah, he just sort of helps Harley when she figures out she has the bounty put on her and just, like, make sure that her rent stays low, basically. Yeah. Um, so he's just a pretty... All-around pretty stand-up guy. Yeah, um, but so, so we wanted, we, now we're gonna get into some recommendations. Let's do it. So you want to read Machine Head? You gotta read Infinite Frontier Volume One issue. Just the whole thing. I'm not even gonna say which issues. He's in the whole thing. Yeah. So Infinite Frontier Volume One. That came, I think that ended recently. Superman Volume Four issues fourteen to sixteen. Superman Giant Volume One issues ten, thirteen, and fourteen. The Terrifics Volume One issues. 10, 13, and 14, and the Multiversity, Volume 1, Issues 1 and 2. He's he's interested in Multiversity, really. It, it, at this point, it's a giant, fat uh, yeah. graphic novel you can find. Oh, yeah. So, Murder Machine, The Batman Who Laughs, Volume 1, Issue 1. Batman The Dawnbreaker, Volume 1, Issue 1. Batman The Drowned, Volume 1, Issue 1. These, and The Merciless, Batman The Merciless, Volume 1, Issue 1. Those are, he just appears there, mm-hmm. but Batman, definitely you want to know about his origin, Batman the Murder Machine. Oh yeah. There's only one issue. And uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 6, and just Dark Knight's Metal, like that whole story. Yep. Anything that starts out with Dark Knight's, you should check it out, because it's weird as hell, but it's really cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. Even though, like, I love it, but... Batman Who Laughs is a little overplayed, but that was fine. Yeah. His, his ultimate uh, evolution well, was... Well, now he, they just sold him to Fortnite, and he'll just stay there forever. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he can stay on that island for all I care. Yeah, stay over there. So, you want to read about Grid, Batman and Robin, Volume 2, Issue 34. Challenge of the Super Sons, Volume 1, Issues 4 and 8. Forever Evil, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 7, which I'm pretty sure is the whole story. Mm-hmm. 
Justice League Volume 2, issues 23 to 29 and 46 to 50. That one, I, I believe the volume might be... I'm, I'm not... The volume part also always confused me of like, okay, but what era? Whatever. If, right. if you find them... I would say if it says New 52, it's going to be Grid. Yep. grid, grid for the Justice League. Grid will be there. He's still Prime Earth, so he's pretty recent. Right. It, so it's not like he came from the multiverse. Yeah. You want to read about Cyborg Superman, Action Comics Volume 1, issues 690 to 702. 702, 717, 738, well, all those issue numbers, that's from, like, the beginning of Action Comics. Right, so and that... Henshaw, as we mentioned, he gets around a ton. Oh, fuck ton. So you're going to see him in a lot of different places. These are sort of his biggest runs. And these are also his new, 50, his new Earth. Yeah. His pre-52 stuff. He's still in the stories, but he... I pretty, he's got a lot less, he, a lot less interesting. Yeah, things he's on the back knowledge. burner now. They they led into him, they leaned into him very very heavy for a while. Yeah, and now he's just kind of separate. Yep. Uh, Adventures of Superman Volume One issues four sixty four sixty eight. Sorry, four sixty six and four sixty eight. Five hundred five hundred three five hundred four five twenty seven. 530, 531, 551, and 563. Mm-hmm. Tales of the Sinestro Corps, Cyborg Superman slash Superman Prime, Volume 1, Issue 1, Untold Tales of Blackest Night, Volume 1, Issue 1, Green Lantern, Volume 4, Issues 3, 7, 11, 12 to 15. So those... And yeah, 21 but, to 25. So those are sort of like, that's when you see his run with the Sinestro Corps. I threw in Blackest Night just because that's kind of... An interesting conversation between him and Necron. It's kind of cool. You see him at like one of his lowest points, and it's also Blackest Night. It so. was Blackest Night, and I feel like, and I don't know, Gotta I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, yeah, I definitely recommend it, but I'm also maybe, and I if they didn't do this, I don't know how they didn't. Probably his wife came back as a Black Lantern and really fucked them up mentally. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or I, the rest of his crew. But yeah, I, mean, I recommend everything Blackest Night, even if I haven't read it. Yeah, Blackest um, Night is just dope but yeah those runs you're gonna see him sort of like figuring out who he is even though it's like kind of sparse you're gonna see the sinestro core you're gonna see blackest night and you're also gonna see the alpha lanterns so those are like the big hits of henshaw's like a sort of large overarching story because he was a character he was a good character for probably like a solid seven eight years yeah he was significant for a while oh yeah so and he could have just he could have just been like a 90s character and then they get rid of him it's like no we're gonna keep going with him there's a lot to discuss about him yeah so So. join us Next time when we talk about another comic book character.